Mahe. Greetings and thank you for joining us today. I believe that this is going to be a sermon that's going to help you, encourage you on your journey. I believe it's a sermon that's going to that's going to bring change, it's going to bring motivation, and it's going to bring encouragement. And I pray today that through this we're going to go to the book of Romans 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Paul has just discussed the curse of sin and the great burden it places on all of creation, as well as the believer. There's no doubt that we all face difficulties and trying times while we are here on this earth. We're always going to go through troubles and hardships. At times the difficulties are brief and considered manageable, while at other times we find ourselves in a sea of turmoil that seems to endure for extended periods of time and sometimes for months or for years. Probably something we all have and none of us want it. As the world considers the problems of life, they tend to view our difficulties as a stroke of bad luck, unfair circumstances or just a mere coincidence. As believers, we know that God is in control of every area of our lives. Every aspect God is in control of. The believer faces nothing that God isn't aware of and allowed to come within our lives. We do not live by chance or luck, but we are within the sovereign design of God. We have read a single verse today, but it is one of the most familiar quoted verses in all of Scripture. These words have brought comfort and encouragement to many through down the years and throughout the years. This verse has significant meaning in, in my life, and I believe that it has will have and it has had and will have significant meaning in your lives after this particular teaching, if it had not already had this type of influence and impact in your lives. So today we want to discuss the details of this precious promise as we consider the thought for our good and his glory. So as we consider this verse, I hope it will provide comfort and guidance for you that it will come to remembrance during those difficult seasons of life. So we're going to look at five things today through this particular portion of scripture and I pray that God will help us. It's one verse we're going to use for study and then we're going <coughs> to cross-reference it with some verses throughout the text. So the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for the good. This is a confident promise. We have a confident promise. Number one, we have a confident promise. All things will work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. There's one thing that is always certain in life. Uncertainty. We have no way of knowing what our future holds. We do not know what tomorrow will have in store for us. And very likely we will experience seasons of joy and hope, but there will also be times of difficulty, suffering, and great grief. We will have days of abundance and times of doubt and discouragement. There will be mountains to climb, valleys to endure, and many ordinary, uneventful days. There is little we can know with absolute certainty. We know, we do not know much about tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow. Job said in Job 14 verse 1, Man that is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. 
Job certainly experienced his share of heartache and trouble. I mean, know the story of Job with the, a wonderful teaching on Job. You know, as your trials made you better or better, and we've seen what Job has gone through. Many avoid the book of Job because of all the trouble that Job has gone through and the hardships, and many people don't want that life of Job. But each and every one of us will face our fair share of troubles while we're on this side of the grave. Don't let anybody lie to you and say it will not happen to you. There is trials and troubles we all will face in this life. But we must remember that in the midst of our difficulties, we know that God is in control of everything. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 34 verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him from them all. It's another promise. It's a promise. We will face affliction, but God will bring deliverance. We will face affliction, but God will bring deliverance. So as difficult as Job's life was, even in the midst of trouble, turmoil, and losing of everything, Job still says this in Job 19 verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Paul faced this year of difficulty and burdens, and yet he was confident in the Lord and remained steadfast in his faith. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. For he writes this, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. This is the confidence Paul had. And when we study the life of Paul, we understand that Paul went through great, great difficulties. Paul faced hardships. Paul faced un, you know, perils that some of us, I don't know if some of us would have thrown the towel, if some of us would have quit on our faith with the type of things that Paul went through. And Paul stood for righteousness and truth. Even at times when Paul had opportunities to be released and to be delivered from prison or from the chains, Paul stood for truth. And some of these beautiful books like Ephesians, where we discover the interesting facts about our blessings in Christ. And we see that how Paul went through these troubles to write these powerful epistles that will change our lives forever. Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, and Philemon. We see these are books that are written out of Paul's prison cell. And we see that these books have great, great impact because all of them encourages us to be, to hold on to God and to be, to, 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 to pray through and to believe God and, and see what Paul gave up and, and even know the wonderful and limitless riches that we possess in Christ Jesus. And it was all a man that knew that his life was right in the palm of God's hand. Hallelujah. So with all of life's uncertainty, we can be confident of this one thing, that we do belong to the Lord and that he's the source of all our salvation, our hope, our strength, our joy, and our security. He's our high tower. The Bible says, the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. He's the safe place for us when storms rage round about us. He has set the bounds of our future and we are secure in his mighty hand. When our Lord makes a promise, we can know assuredly that it is true. The Bible says in Romans 4 verse 21, and being fully persuaded that that which he had promised, he was also able to perform. That is so powerful. Abraham did not stagger the promise of God in unbelief. 25 years, Abraham believed in the promise. He yelled on to the promise. He did not quit. He did not let go. The Bible says, 
Abraham was fully persuaded in the promise and in the ability of God. I'm reminded about the three Hebrew boys again. They said, our God whom we serve is able and God showed up in the midst of the fire. We need to have this assurity that who we serve, whom we are. That is very important. If you're a child of God, you belong to God. And this promise is for believers, not unbelievers. Unbelievers cannot quote the scripture. I said it in the first teaching. I will say it again. It is only for the children of God. We need to look at point number two. Point number two is that this is a complete promise. And we know that all things work together for the good. To them that love God, and to them that are called according to his purpose. This could be easier for us to embrace if Paul had some things, most things, or even certain things work together for our good. But he declares that all things work together for our good. We can't always see it, but all things are working together for our benefit. We don't have a problem admitting the things we perceive as good, working for our benefit. And that's why we look at Joseph, which we'll look at later. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we are going through this storm and this trial, and we can't see the benefit in it. But I'm telling you, sometimes when you go through these things, hallelujah, and you understand that you go through these winter seasons, because we know that that that, that, that oranges grow in, 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 in cold weather, and the colder the weather is, the sweeter the orange. And sometimes we don't understand this. We don't understand it. When we go through the pressing, we produce wine. When we go through the pressing, we produce oil. Sometimes we look at people. Sometimes I used to admire certain men and women of God. And before I even knew a, a little bit about their the, the biography, but when I studied it, I, I could now understand the magnitude of the power they walked in because these were guys that went through things and later on the benefit of those trials were manifested. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So we tend at times to focus on the good things in life. Our families, our homes, our yachts, our jobs, our churches, our friends and salvation. God does use these things to bring about benefit to our lives. But the things or events we perceive as good are not the only things God used for our benefit. Many times you will use the difficulty and trying times of events or circumstances to our good. It might not look at that moment for our good. It might not look like a loss is for our good. It might not look like a retrenchment is for our good. It might not look like a job loss is for our good. But somewhere down the line, you will see how God has orchestrated everything as it works out for your good. Hallelujah. Let's look at some of the things. I remember one night we got caught up somewhere and we were on our way home, but for some reason we were, we, we were delayed. There was two incidents. Some reason we were delayed and we had to make a U-turn, go back and do some things, and then we hit the road. But when we came to a certain um, crossroad, there was an accident, and the car that was about three seconds in front of us made the accident. And I'm thinking that, you know, if we had to be at a certain time, we could have been that car. That had other vehicle rode into but god guided us i remember one night we left um um el dorado park in johannesburg and we were on our way home and um we never used to stop at the fast food restaurants because we always went to the city in which we lived which was florida and um we'd always go buy food in that place but for that night we just decided we're gonna buy food at the nando's in 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 in, in el dorado park and what happened was um we, we we were delayed for some moment and then we left now the car right in front of us at that um off ramp the guy in front of us 
was hijacked and shot. And I'm thinking if we left a few minutes earlier, we could have possibly been those guys that were hijacked that night. And we could have been shot. I remember helping that man, taking him to the hospital and assisting him so that he could take that we could get that care. But sometimes we don't see these things as our benefit. We don't see these things as God working something out for our good. Sometimes we're not thankful for a flat tire or maybe a traffic jam or missed flight. But God may have sovereignty or sovereignly allowed an inconvenience in our life to prevent us from being an accident. Those little delays, those little things that just cause, I mean, people missed flights at times and then the aeroplane, the aeroplane crashed. People had a flat tire and there was an accident up ahead. Maybe things, sometimes God has something working out for you and your, for your benefit. We may have missed out on promotions at work when the extra money would have been beneficial, but that added demands of the new position may have created marital or family problems or maybe even destroyed our lives or our relationship with God. And sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we missed a business contract. We didn't get a tender. We didn't get certain things. God knows all things works together for good to them that love God. Sometimes we don't look at our age. We look at the plan of God for our lives. 80 years, Moses was called. 80 years, um, Caleb possessed this mountain. We see these things. Now, I'm not saying we want to get married when we're 80 or things must happen when we're 80. But God takes us through certain phases and certain things in our lives. And we cannot see why these things are happening. I remember like I shared it in a previous testimony of mine. I shared where a certain person told me, do not go this night out with your friends. Please stay at home. I do not have a good feeling. I do not have a good feeling. And that night, I was usually a rebellious young man, but that night for some reason I listened to this lady and I didn't go with the guys. The next morning I received the phone call that guys were in a horrific accident. And I didn't, I don't know if I had to sit on that side of the car, maybe that would have been my life. But God preserved my life. We must always remember that God sees the big picture. He is guiding us toward the future he has planned for us. One of the greatest examples of the New Testament principle is found in the Old Testament. Joseph lived the principles of Romans 8.28, as we said in the first teaching. Long before Paul was ever inspired to pen these words, God used Joseph's betrayal, imprisonment, suffering to deliver his people and to provide an area where they would maintain purity in preparation for the promised land because it was in Gershon where they became a mighty nation. We never enjoy the trials and the valleys of life but they make us stronger Christian. God often uses our seasons of difficulty to teach us eternal truths that assist us in our everyday lives. When I sometimes hear people's revelation and depth, then I understand these guys have been through something in order to have this depth and this revelation and this power. And when I remember sitting one day in an old age home and looking at a couple holding hands, and at that point, the, minister, the Holy Spirit ministered to me and said to me, you know, it has not been always like that. They have been through yell and high water, but their hands they are holding today is the fruit of everything they have made through together as a couple. And sometimes we don't understand why our marriages are up and down, why we sometimes standing in the divorce courts and want to separate and things are just getting worse and worse. But all things will work together for the good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. We must learn to trust God and we must be thankful each and every day, regardless of what it brings. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. We see this in Job's life. Job, the Bible says, when everything came up against Job, Job worshipped the Lord. I remember the story of the man's family that died in the ferry. When they brought the news that his family has been wiped out, the man sang a song, It is well with my soul. I, it's amazing how our relationship with God is tested. And sometimes God gives us these seasons. It's like when you're in the eye of a storm, there's a sudden calmness, there's light, and then you go through these storms. And I believe that many times when we're in the eye of the storm and there's sunshine and there's light, we shouldn't take these as times of, of, res of reservation or sitting back. This should be times of growth. This should be times where we want to press on, get to know God, get to have intimate relationship and fellowship with God. Because it's in this knowing that when the trials come and the tribulations come, that we stand the test of time and that we know that God's sovereignty will prevail, that God's will will prevail and that God will have the final say. As the song says, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Glory be to God. The next thing about Romans 8.28 is that it's a continual promise. And we know that all things will work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Sometimes you, we may not know or still understand the struggling and we have to come to accept these terms. And we need to understand that it's beneficial to us as children of God. I want to draw our attention to a particular word in the text today. That God takes all of the things within our lives and orchestrates them together for our good. We may not see the benefit of particular trials, but we are promised it is working together with other events and circumstances in our life for our good. At the old end, it's for the good, which is God's, which is God's perfect plan shaping or working out in our lives. I mean, we, when, I, when I share this over and over again, I didn't understand why we went through so many things before we were sent out on our first missionary journey to Cape Town. I couldn't understand why all hell broke loose to us in Joburg. But suddenly when we came to Cape Town, we understand the benefit. We understand that there was, there's a great benefit in what God has taken us through. And therefore, sometimes we go through these trials and we go through these things and we do not know. Today, I sometimes look at people that can stay in marriage seminars and marriage workshops and testify and share <coughs> powerful insights about certain principles they learn during their trials. And then you understand it's beneficial. And sometimes none of us want to go through trials, but we want to have a voice. Many people that has gone through some things are not echoes. They are voices because they carry, the, they, they have embedded in their hearts the deep revelation and the word of God that has taken them through the seasons of difficulties. Therefore, sometimes we might not see the benefit of any or particular trials, but we are promised it is working together with other events to help us. We need to understand that. The Bible says in John 15 verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The pruning process is not a pleasant process, but it brings glory to God. When you, when God prunes us, it's for us to become more fruitful. It might not be seasons of pleasure. It might not be seasons of joy, but the Father is at work within us. I declare today, greater fruitfulness is coming to your life. God is at work within you. We like to think in a temporal aspect in our lives. 
And if we don't understand or can't see the immediate benefit, we assume that particular situation is of no value to us. Rather, it's a hindrance. Rather, it's a hindrance to us. Now listen to what the Bible says in the book of, of Hebrews 12, verse 10 and 11. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. No, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it heals the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Look at the benefit. Oh, it's not a hindrance. Say to somebody today, it's for my benefit. It's for my good. God isn't limited by time or perception as we are. He is molding us into what he desires us to be. He is, we are on the potter's will and we are being made, we are being designed for where God is taking us. You are not the finished product yet. Therefore, God is still taking you. Therefore, God is still stringing you. Therefore, God is still removing the bubbles because you look better in your future. You look much greater where you are going to go. You don't understand what ministry God has put on the inside of you. Your trials does not make sense, but I tell you today i thank god for everything we have made through because today we can share the goodness of god we can speak about the the, the riches of christ in our lives and it's and it's being shown or manifesting through what god has taken us through come on you're going through something but god has a plan in all of this god has a plan the promise of all things we claimed while on the mountain should be claimed in the valleys. When we're on the highs and we are making these claims, we should be on the lows also. And I believe in God for the great things that he's about to do. Just because we don't see the immediate benefit doesn't mean God has forsaken his promise. God is working it out. He's perfecting those things that concerned us. He's continually working in our lives. We are at, we are working process, progress. We are under construction. His work in our lives is a continual process says until the day he returns you will never be finished with it the bible says in james 1 verse 12 blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the lord has promised to them that love him hallelujah we're going through the temptations we are going through these things but there's a crown awaiting me. Somebody look towards that crown. Somebody look towards that victory. Somebody look towards that overcoming. God is about to do great things. The next thing about this promise is conditional. We were we were basically um, I'm sharing that thought on in the first teaching. And yeah, I just want to reiterate the importance of this conditional promise. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Paul reveals a key element in this promise. We are confident that all things work together for good to those that love God. This is a wonderful promise, but it doesn't apply to all people. It is reserved for those who love God. The lost sinner can't claim this promise. The believer can face the trials and burdens of life, knowing God will work all things together for his good. However, the sinner, God often sends the trials and burdens of life and chastening or punishment for sin. It's not because God is working. It's to bring them to God. It's to bring the sinner to God. And sometimes these acts of God often cause the lost to become angry and at times bitter towards God. 
because trials often generate resentment towards God and impatience during difficulties. Storms often work to draw the believer closer to God as they depend upon him, while the lost often harden their hearts and refuse to recognize the hand of God working in their lives. Listen to what David said, or what the psalmist said in Psalms 119 verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Look at how this, how affliction brought David to a place of total commitment. Let's look at another story, a very well-known story in the book of Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So if you are saved and you, are, you have your place in the body of Christ, this promise is definitely for you. You can claim it and draw strength from it. We will not always understand every situation or every circumstance we face, but we can endure those times knowing God is working on our behalf. Then this makes a tremendous difference when facing trials. It leads to peace in the midst of the storm. My final point on this particular teaching, it is a calculated promise. And we know all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his <coughs> purpose. We must not overlook the last detail of this great and precious promise. All things are working together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God desires the saved to be transformed into the image of his son and he desires that they grow and mature in Christ and living sanctified lives. We see that even people that has gone through difficulties and trials, all things work together for good to, in, in the life of Mordecai. You know, when I look at the life of Mordecai, God had a plan, but Mordecai walked upright. Noah was a righteous man. We see that the people that God that, that things worked out for the good were people that walked upright throughout the text, throughout the scriptures. And this is very important to understand. We need to walk in the way that God has ordained for us. We need to do that. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the, by the Spirit of God. And so as we live this sanctified lives, and as we come into this, remember, the final thing is that this glory, we are transformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Paul writes in Romans 8.29, the very next verse, For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son, so that his son should be the firstborn among brothers and sisters. So after 28, 29 comes in where we understand right now that God wants us to be like he is, like he intended in the book of Genesis 1 when he made that promise in 28 or 26 when he says, let's make man in our image and like in our likeness. We know that sin came to destroy that, but Jesus came to restore that. Somebody give God a mighty praise. So through these trials, we are being made into the very image of 
of Jesus Christ. Many like to think of God as one who pours out unending blessings without correcting his children. There will be there will be many blessings received while we walk in this Christian journey, but God will also use correction and chastisement for the good of his people. We must realize that God is far more interested in our holiness than he is in our happiness. He has a plan and purpose for each of our lives. He's working for our good and his glory. As we grow and mature in our faith, learning to trust and follow God regardless of circumstances, we will become more like Jesus Christ. That is the end result. Paul said, I press towards the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's greatest desire was to be like Christ. He wanted to be. That is our endeavor. Paul prays to the Galatians and he says, I pray that Christ be formed on the inside of you. Through these things, God brings us to a place where Christ is formed on the inside. If we will only heal, if we will only surrender, if we will only submit to the plan of God, we will become more like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says, at one point, the disciples did not know who Jesus was. But at another point in the book of Acts chapter 4, the, 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 the witness was that these people were with Jesus Christ. They were now representatives. After a season of what they have been through, they have now become like their master. Glory be to God. We must not lose sight of the eternal purposes of this precious promise. As we learn to see God's hand at work in every area of our lives, we are being transformed from a carnal perspective to a spiritual perspective. We learn to trust God even when we don't um, understand or understand the immediate benefits of what we are going through. God uses the date of, of circumstances to refine us, molding us into the image of his son. We cannot lose sight of the sovereign hand of God at work continually in our lives. God sees the big picture, not only the trying moments of the presence. I want us today, as we come to the conclusion of a sermon, I want us to think that this is certainly one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because in this season, as I've been studying, it has now begun to be even become more alive. Because come, I tell you, in any season of life, I've quoted the scripture since I, I got to know the scripture. Hallelujah, I've been quoting the scripture because the scripture now at insight has brought much, much comfort in what one is going through. God, one now understands that God is working everything out for my good. In this two-part sermon series, I just began to understand God has a plan in everything. We actually started this sermon series when we started preaching from Job as our trials made us better or better. We need to admit, or I will admit, that it took several years for me to recognize that God's sovereign working in my life. But now I see he has always been there working things together for my good. And this knowledge has brought so much faith in me. And now I stand at times when I know something is not working out. I know God has a better plan. When we started our church, our second church plant in another city, we were facing great difficulties. We were facing challenges. But God had a perfect plan in all of this. All things are working together for our good. We need to understand that we need to stand upon the word of the Lord. It is certainly a precious promise for those who love the Lord, but also realize it is reserved for those who really, really love God. If you are unsaved, you cannot claim this promise. 
I will admit that God often uses difficulties to draw people to himself. And that is always a good thing. However, the lost cannot claim this promise, knowing everything will work together for their good. Do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Today, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, it is time to seek him. My question today, are you a backslider? Maybe you do not serve God the way you're supposed to. Maybe you have backslidden. Maybe you are no longer walking with the Lord. Maybe you are going through the rituals and the customs, but you know your heart is no more in your relationship with God. Maybe you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ and you have been through many things and you understand today that you have been punished for your sin. But when you come to Christ, God has a plan in your troubles. In the world, Satan has no promises. Satan's end is to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I love what the latter part of that verse is. But God is, or Christ has come to give us life and life in abundance. So today I pray that this message will encourage you, motivate you, and stir you to continue your journey in Jesus Christ. Be blessed and be transformed by the word of God.